Lord has made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. Now, before I go into the scripture and our Minister Therese, 
as she gives what you have given her on the wings of the anointing. I pray, God, that your word will be confirmed with miracles, signs, and wonders. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, if you're on Facebook, stop scrolling. I need you to lock in with me. I need you to open up your spirit, man, and I need you to uh, grasp what God is saying to us today. I come to you uh, knowing that I have a word from the Lord, a word for the body of Christ to encourage us and to strengthen us. And I'm so excited to be able to share with you. Um, I had to eat it first. I had to swallow it, I had to chew it, and I had to digest it for myself first. So I'm asking that you would um, listen to me today with an open heart, with an open mind. I pray that your ear gate would be uh, ready and willing to hear the word of the Lord. Hear what thus said the Lord unto you today. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ and from Liberty Church of Peoria, where Pastor Marvin Hightower is our senior pastor, and I am his wife, Larice, and I am glad to just be able to minister the word to you today. It's no secret that we are in a mess. It's no secret that our world is troubled. It's no secret that we are going through a storm. It's no secret that we have been facing times that we've never seen before. Um, health, we are in a health and medical pandemic, right? We are in, we have been facing a cultural and a social pandemic, right? And I am here to let you know that our world is also in a spiritual pandemic. God has a word for the body of Christ today. God wants to speak to you today. I'm talking to the body of Christ. I'm talking to, to spirit-filled believers. I'm talking to those who are calling themselves Christians. I'm talking to you today. God has a word for you. He sent me to 1 John. Uh, grab your Bibles and let's go there. He sent me to 1 John, but before we get started, I want to lay a little foundation. My pastor always says you need to lay your context and you need to give some foundation from what you're speaking on from the Word of God. 1 John was written by the Apostle John. John the Apostle authored the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, the 3rd epistle of John as well as the book of Revelation. The first epistle of John is often referred to as the epistle of no compromise. So I'm coming to you today saying that we are getting ready to, God is requiring a spirit of no compromise from you. How many of us have compromised? How many of us have uh, slacked off during this pandemic? How many of us are not in the posture that we know we should be? Well, we're going to talk about a no, a no compromise. John puts great emphasis on our fellowship, our closeness with the Lord. And in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, it forms a trilogy of intimacy. He was writing to Christians. 
I'm speaking to Christians today. John is also referred to in scripture as the one whom Jesus loved, right? This is a significant key today because it was defining the apostle by his intimate relationship with Jesus. So the one whom Jesus loved, it wasn't an arrogant phrase. It wasn't trying to puff himself up or trying to raise himself above the other apostles, but it referred to him and it defined him by his intimate relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. John is referred to as the apostle of intimacy. We should be defined by our relationship with Jesus, not by any titles or any position that we hold in the world, but by your relationship with, the, with Jesus and the Father. In the epistles, John directs Christians to obedience, walking with God in righteousness, submission to the truth, functioning together in love, these are the key elements of intimacy with God. How many of you know that right now we need some of these key principles? Walking with God in righteousness, submission to the truth, functioning together in love. Truth. Truth is the absolute standard by which reality is measured and love is the expression of that truth in our care for others. I said a lot, I'm gonna say it again. Truth is the absolute standard by which reality is measured. And love is the expression of that truth in our care for others. So I'm here to tell you that all this hatred and all this animosity and all this injustice and all these demonic spirits that are, are running rampant in our world today, they are not the reality by which us as Christians should be living. They are not the reality of the foundation of who we are. Amen? That is not, that may be the world's reality, but that is not our reality in Jesus Christ. So thanks be unto God that we can have a different reality. So I'm encouraging you not to lose track, not to get off focus with what's going on in the world because that is not our reality in him. Hallelujah. Ah, that was good for my own soul. When we operate in truth and love, we experience true intimacy with God. So if I'm operating not in truth and love, I am not experiencing true intimacy with my father. So many of us as, as Christians run around and we say that we have an intimate relationship with God, but we are not operating in his truth or his love. You're only deceiving yourself. And others see it. So you're only deceiving yourself. God's love is evident. God's love can be seen even through any kind of hate. God is light. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We need to experience true intimacy with God. So I'm asking you, how can your current relationship with Jesus define your identity in him? Your current relationship. I'm talking about post-COVID-19, that relationship. I'm talking about post-being uh, quarantined in your home for three months, that relationship. I'm talking about a lot of us have faced the tragedy of losing loved ones. How is your relationship? I'm talking about uh, post-murder of George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, just the name the most recent. How is your outlook in your relationship? Post-rioting, post-looting, how is your relationship with God? How are you being defined right now, this day, in the midst of the world's reality? How is your reality in God? I need to know. God wants to know. God wants you to know for yourself. He said, Larice, take a look at yourself. Take a look at your heart. Take a look at your mindset. And I have to let you know, I haven't got it all right. I know I'm called. I know I'm filled. I know that his spirit lives within me. But lately, I have not gotten it all right. But God is calling us. He's reminding us today that we need to have an intimate relationship with him. Hallelujah. The true essence of who I am in this earth is the sum of my intimate relationship with God. The true essence of who I am in this earth is the sum total of my intimate relationship with God. I can call myself the head of this or the president of that or have my name on the door here or there, but what matters most is the sum total of who you are in Jesus Christ. That's some good stuff. Our mindset is off focus. Our, uh, uh, our view has been distorted. So God is sending us a reminder. He's sending us a reminder today. Don't think that everything that's going on in the world that God isn't in control. He is in full and absolute complete control and he has a plan he has a plan for his people it's a plan of good and not of evil hallelujah god wants to address his church the body of christ the believers his bride so where are you right now this moment in this season in your relationship with jesus ask yourself that question ask yourself where am i where have i missed the mark where does his love need to be shed over darkness in my heart what actions have come from me that are not pleasing to him god wants to address his church the body of christ the believers his bride god reveals himself faithful loving and committed to a covenant with his church. That's good, listen. God 
is committed, he's faithful, he's loving, and he's committed to his covenant with you. He's committed to his covenant with you. That's the only way a marriage can last is if you look at it as a covenant. It's a covenant that cannot be broken. So God is committed to his covenant with us, with the church. He will fulfill it to the end of the day until he comes back for us. So I'm asking you, how faithful and loving and committed have you been to God in this season? How faithful? Where have you fallen short? If you think you've got it all together, and if you say that you're, you're perfect and you, and you haven't fallen short, you're only deceiving yourselves. So God wants to just shed a light on our hearts. He wants to shed a light on his church. He wants to bring us into a deeper and a more intimate relationship with him in this season. His whole purpose for everything that's going on in this earth, everything that we're facing, is to draw us closer to him. His whole purpose is to strengthen us in, in his word and in his ways and to bring others to Christ. We are to be shining his light and his love for all the others to see. The darkness that's out there, we have the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer and none else. Not a march, not a riot, not a, not a nothing. Jesus is the answer. No, I'm not condemning any of those things because we stand for justice and we will continue to stand for justice. But I'm telling you that my reality is not in this world. My reality is in my relationship with Jesus Christ. My reality is right here and that's where yours needs to be. Okay, let me get going, I'm sorry. It's time to refocus and to keep the main thing the main thing. We're getting off key, y'all, is we gotta get, keep the main thing the main thing. Intimacy, intimacy with God requires fellowship and communion. Let's go to 1 John 1, 5, and 7 real quick. 1 John 1, 5 through 7, it says, God is the light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. God is the light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. So I'm encouraging you, walk in the light. Let's flip over real quick to John 3, the Gospel of John. John 3, 3, um, 19 and 21. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Hmm. 
everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth that comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. We are to walk in the light. We are not to mix with the world. We are not to dibble and dabble in darkness. God is calling us to be the light. Darkness and hatred will cause you to fall in your walk with the Lord. We have faced, we have faced that with the tragic events of this world. I mean, it's been, it's been nothing but darkness and heaviness and chaos lately. Amen? I mean, heaviness, and it's, it's hitting us at our own front door. It's causing everyone to take a look, take a self-examination of your heart and of your beliefs and of uh, your, uh, your actions, of your speech, of what we say. There's been so much uh, evilness and just uh, uh, demonic spirits flow, flowing forth on Facebook and all the social media sources and all the news. All we hear is just negativity all around us. God is saying darkness and hatred will cause you to fall in your walk with him. So it is up to us as believers. It is up to us as the church. It is up to us who uh, have the Holy Spirit living within us to shed his light, to walk in his light, and to walk in his love. Amen? Take your mask off and walk in the light. We've been running around for three months with our masks on. I'm telling you in the spirit realm, take your mask off and walk in the light. Be who you say you really are in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's how you're defined. By who you are in him. Let God's light reveal any and all sin. Get it out of us, Lord. If we live to serve ourselves and God, then we serve two masters. Walking in the light and and in Walking in the light is living to please God and God alone. It's not up, uh, up to us to make ourselves happy while we're living for Jesus and making him happy. No, it is up to us to deny ourselves. It is up to us to humble ourselves. It is up to us to uh, sometimes be in uncomfortable positions, sometimes being persecuted. Jesus was persecuted, so who are you? But as we are persecuted, there is a way to stand in his love. And that is what he is calling us to do. In church, we have failed. We have missed the mark, so many of us. And I'm just gonna say, even if it's failing in your private heart, may, nobody else may know, but there may be some underlying hatred or some underlying bitterness or some underlying closed-mindedness where you don't wanna take the time to understand others in God's love. Take the time to love your brother, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we can't serve two masters. We need to serve God and God alone. Hallelujah. The truth of the Bible, when applied to the life of the believer, enhances your fellowship and spiritual intimacy with God. Today, my whole point, everything that I'm getting across is to be intimate with God. 
an intimate relationship, to grow deeper, to fall more in love with him than you ever have before. And if you haven't had an intimate relationship with him, but you are a believer, today is the day. Today is the day to draw nigh unto the cross. We want his heart to be our heart, his thoughts to be our thoughts, his words to be our words. Hallelujah. That's where the power is. That's where the change is. And you know what? As the body of Christ, that is our reality. Praise God. The truth of the Bible, when applied, I said, to the life of the believer enhances your spiritual intimacy with God. If you want God's personal presence and activity in your life, you must be willing to allow his light to expose your simple thoughts and attitudes, speech and actions that are all inconsistent with his character. I need to say that again. If you want God's personal presence and his activity in your life, you must be willing to allow his light to expose the sinful thoughts, the sinful attitudes, the sinful speech and actions that are inconsistent with his character. Glory to God. If it's not God's character, then whose character is it? We say we're believers, but if we are not operating in God's character, then whose character are you operating? Hallelujah. Let's go real quick to John 2. We're going to keep it up, keep up our momentum. We're talking about intimacy with God. 1 John, 1 John 2, 3 and 6. It says, this is how we know that we, this is how we know that, this is how we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly in him is the love of God and it is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who, re, who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. Intimacy with God requires us to keep his commandments. Not if you feel like it. Not when it's convenient to you. Not when it's for others to see. But it is for us to keep his commandments. Walking in the light means obeying God's word. In Psalm, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. So as believers, we are to obey his word. The most significant sign of an immature Christian is one who has to be inspired, provoked, prodded, and persuaded to do what is right to obey God's word. If I gotta inspire you to obey God's word, if I have to keep continually reminding you to obey God's word, if I have to pull you, if we got to stroke you, then you're an immature Christian. And God is calling you today 
to a deeper relationship with him. He is so loving. He is waiting to show you great and mighty things. He wants you to seek him with your whole heart. He requires us to keep his commandments. Obedience to God's word is our proof of our love for him. We can say we love him until we're blue in the face. But if our actions don't line up with what our words, you don't love him. If you're not obeying what the word of God says, you don't love him. And guess what? If you don't take time to read what the word of God says, you don't love him. You're just using the title as a Christian. And God's saying, wake up, church. I need your heart. And the only way I'm going to get your heart is if you get in my word. Because once my word gets in you, then I can root out all evil. I can cleanse you. I can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I can get your thinking, get rid of your stinking thinking. So God is requiring us to get in his word. If we love him, how many scriptures have you read this week? I'm not talking about a little drive-by. I've been guilty of that. I have a special needs daughter. I work a full-time job with the boss that works me real, 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 real hard. And I have a husband who uh, has many hats that I have to support and, and keep up with him. Sometimes I go a day or two and don't pick up my word. What is that saying about my intimate relationship with God? God is saying no more excuses. God is requiring us to face the facts. God is requiring us to raise the standard of our relationship with him. Hallelujah. There are three motives for obedience. We have to, we need to, and we want to. Sometimes we, we, we have to do it or we get ourselves out of trouble. Sometimes we need to do it because we want something. But do you want to do it? Do you want to follow all of his commandments? Not the ones that are easy for you, even the ones that are difficult. We've been in a difficult time. It's hard not to fight hate with hate. When we're being hated, it's hard not to lash back out. But his commandments would require me to love those that hate me and to love those that persecute. He was persecuted. So are we, how's your intimate relationship in that area? God wants us to keep his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Another true test of intimacy and fellowship with God is our love for brethren. Let me say that again. Another true test of our intimacy and fellowship with God is the love for our brethren. 1 John 2, 9 through 11, it says, the one who says he is in the light but hates his brother or sister, is in darkness unto them. The one who loves his brother or sister remains in the light. There is no cause for him stumbling. 
but the one who hates his brother or sister is in darkness, walks in the darkness, and doesn't know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. There's so much darkness around us. There's so much darkness. There's so many people walking around blind. Even people that call themselves Christians are walking around blinded and they have no idea where they're going. But I'm here to let you know that God said we are to walk in his love. Listen, okay, let's get let's, let me get to the point. Your knowledge and love of God will be evident by your obedience to his word and your love to your brother. We are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing that both love and obedience and righteousness are evidenced by our salvation. When you obey God's word, his love matures you. And the key is God is love. He calls us to express that love in our relationship with others. So rise up, people. Rise up to a new level in him. Walk in his love. Shed his love to your brother man. Don't be in darkness because we know what our end is going to be. We already know that we have the victory in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, here's another key. We're getting down towards the end. Intimacy with God requires sanctification. Intimacy with God requires sanctification to be set apart for God's special use and purpose. Let's go back to John, 1 John. I should just up the Bible. 1 John 2, 15-17. And it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. And the world, with its lust, is passing away. But the one who does the will of God remains forever. Hallelujah. Do not love the world and what it has to offer you. Love not the world. The basis for all sin is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's all the world has to offer you. We are not to be loved. We are not to we are not to love or be governed by an organized system headed by Satan that draws us away from God's love and his will. We are not to we are not to love the world and to be governed by an organized system headed by Satan that draws us away from God's love and God's will for our life. We got it twisted. Get your mind right. You love the world when it owns your affections and governs your choices. 
by getting you to exclude God. This hatred that's being spewed, that's not of the Father. That's of the world. And when we fall prey to it, when we fall in its trap, when we fall in the tentacles of that sin, we are being governed by the system of this world that is ruled by Satan. But I'm here to let you know that God has given the body of Christ dominion in the earth. I have dominion in the earth. So I'm going to speak love. I'm going to speak peace. I'm going to speak justice. I'm going to speak what his word declares because that's who I am. That's my reality. That's your reality as a believer. Stand up in your reality in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Time for us to stop taking the back seat to the world. We are the world. Hallelujah. You love the world when it owns your affections and governs your choices by getting you to exclude God. I said that before. All of the world, all the world has to offer is the promise to satisfy legitimate desires with illegitimate ways. That's good. We have so many desires, and they may be a legitimate desire, but all the world can do is satisfy it in an illegitimate way. Craving what looks good to you, but it may not be what God has for you or what God has ordained for you. Just craving what we see. Oh, it's looking so good to you. I want that. But that's not what God has ordained for you. That's not what he has ordained for the body of Christ. Being proud and arrogant, trying to impress others with the riches of this world, with the stature of this world. All of that is just the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And it shall end in destruction. The world with its lust is passing away. This key, you need to hear me. The world with all of its lust is passing away. So beware. I need you to understand. I need the I need your spiritual ears to listen up. I need you to perk up. I need you to hear me. Sit up straight in your seat. Beware. Understand and know that the worldliness makes no more important is it's no more important than eternity. What's going on, what's happening around us, even the good things that we're doing in this earth, it means nothing compared to eternity. Your focus should be on your eternity. As a believer, we should be living with eternity in our forefront. Don't be caught up in the here and now and forget about your eternity. The world is fading away and it's only temporary. Don't let your temporary circumstances or difficulties that you may be facing blind you of your eternal purpose. We have an eternal purpose. 
here right now in the earth, we have a purpose. And it's to show God's love for all the world to see. It's to walk in his faithfulness and, and obedience to his word so that others would want to know who we serve, this mighty, masterful, uh, loving God who uh, just sheds joy in our hearts. We aren't to be... Uh, uh, we aren't to be manipulated by the circumstances of this world. We are to manipulate what's going on in this world. Hallelujah. Don't let your temporary circumstance or difficulty blind you to your eternal purpose. In Matthew it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth decay um, and it corrupts. And where thieves come in and steal. We done had a lot of that lately, right? But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can corrupt. Hallelujah. In Luke 2.21, it, it says it like this. You are a fool for laying up treasures for yourself and not being rich with God. Our purpose is to be rich in God here on this earth, building up treasures for our eternal stay in glory. Hallelujah. Seek ye first the kingdom of righteousness. No, kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these, all other things will be added. Anything else that we need will be added unto us when we seek him first. So I'm asking you, I'm reminding you, I'm, 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 uh, I'm pleading to you to reach out to God, to go, grow deeper in your relationship with him. There is none like him. There is no one that can satisfy your soul like he can. There is no one that can give you peace like him. There is no one that can strengthen you in your most time of weakness, like he can. He will uphold you. Remember, he is committed. He is committed to his covenant with you. But he needs you to do your part in this earth. We must know that our faith and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ has eternally secured our victory in overcoming the world. Hallelujah. We must know. It's imperative. You need to live by this standard. That our faith and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ has eternally secured our victory in overcoming the world. Hallelujah. We are not to adopt the world's perspective or let the dying world dictate our values. My values don't come by this world. They come by the word of God. We must operate on the earth with a heavenly perspective. So with everything that we've been facing, I'm encouraging you to refocus. I'm encouraging you to uh, recommit your mind, reset. This is a time of reset. This is a time of re, recommit, reset. Uh, uh, 
Re-repent, repent all over again. Make yourself a brand new relationship with him. Draw closer like never before. Because having an intimate relationship with God will cause you to live in immediate anticipation of Christ's return for his church. That's what our focus is. We need to be anticipating his return. We need to be living with an eternal worldview. We need to be living our lives waiting and expecting his return. Christ desires us to expectantly anticipate his return for us. If that's not in the forefront of your life, your mind, your thoughts, your attitude, your heart posture, it's time to repent. God needs us to get in place so that he can do his will in this earth. God needs us to do our part. We have a mighty part. We're a mighty army. And the reason the world is in the shape that it's in is because the church is in the shape that it's in. And the church is you. So we got to get it together. We got to draw nigh. We got to draw nigh like never before. To the Father. To his word. To his love. To his principles. Hallelujah. You must choose to serve in his love. Walk in his truth. And accept Expectedly anticipate his return. Hallelujah. So this is the kind of fellowship that we have. Fellowship and communion. The desires to keep his commandments. And sanctification. We must be sanctified. All of that only comes out of a sincere and intimate relationship with God the Father can't have that without having a sincere and intimate relationship with God the Father, Christ the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. That's my word for today. I pray that you were encouraged. I pray that God strengthened you. I pray that he uh, nudged you to just refocus and to reset on him. <clears throat> I ask that you would... Uh, just say this prayer with me. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for reminding me that I am so valuable to the kingdom of God. I thank you for reminding me that you have a plan and a purpose for my life. Lord, I ask that you just forgive me for all the wrong thoughts, the wrong attitude of uh, darkness that may have come up in my heart or uh, just uh, not following and obeying your word, not drawing close to you like I should. I ask that you forgive me. And Lord, I know that your word says, if I knock, you'll answer. If I seek, I shall find. So I'm asking, Lord, we're, we're going to knock, we're going to ask, we're going to seek, Lord God, because you are here. And we love you. Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. I ask that if you feel uh, led to be to sow into our ministry, uh, Liberty Church of Peoria, please do so by following the link on our Facebook page. It'll direct you right to our website and you can give uh, through our website. You can also sow a seed by mailing it in to 2828 West Flint, Peoria, Illinois, 61604. 
I ask that you be encouraged. I thank you for joining us. And I pray right now, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, the only one who is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forevermore. Blessings to you. Have a great day.